Welcome to the Lock Sportscast, your weekly source for Lock Sport News. This is episode 94, recorded March 20th, 2022. I'm your host, Charles Current. In today's episode, gas pump hacking, two U.S. board election update, a Lockheed Awards reaction, Hammer versus Safe, meetups, sales giveaways, and more. You can subscribe to the audio version of the show on most podcast apps and at thelocksportscast.com. You can subscribe to the video version on YouTube or Odyssey. Links to stories discussed will be in the show notes. YouTube and some apps limit the length of show notes and links, but you can always find full show notes with links at thelocksportscast.com. Either click on episodes or just put in thelocksportscast.com slash and the episode number. First up in the news on March 13th, it was reported that Residio Total Connect 2 alarm net infrastructure was down for some hours. Following up on alarmgrid.com, they said that they have received information that the Total Connect 2.0 service of alarm net is currently down. During this outage, you will be unable to log into your Total Connect 2 account and you will likely see an error and hear beeping from the system. The outage has also affected the ability of the system to deliver signals to a central station, and to Total Connect 2.0. We apologize for this inconvenience. Rest assured that Residio is currently working diligently to resolve the issue. We'll follow up with more information as it becomes available. In addition to Total Connect 2 being unavailable, AlarmNet 360 is also down. This means that we are unable to activate accounts using this service, and we are unable to remotely troubleshoot systems that communicate through AlarmNet. And there was a comment on the original Twitter post announcing this that said that that also includes fire alarm systems. That issue has been since resolved. It looks like it took them most of a day to get that back up and working, at which point people's alarm systems were not reporting properly. Just one of the many issues you might have when relying on internet connectivity for your safety. The next story was entitled, How Did Thieves Steal 400 Gallons of Gas in High Point? It's Apparently Easy. That was the actual headline. This comes from High Point, North Carolina, reported by WGHP Fox 8. They're reporting that Monday night in High Point, someone overrode a gas pump and got away with 400 gallons of gas while the station was closed. And they say this is not the first time such thievery has happened. It's not even the biggest theft you can find in a casual search. And then they go on to list several that they were able to find. In 2019, thieves in Paris took 26,000 gallons from multiple outlets. In 2017, a BP employee in New Jersey was arrested and charged with manipulating gas pump computers to steal more than $300,000. Says unlike the culprits in High Point, these thieves knew the access code for a specific brand of fuel pump, which allowed them to set the price at zero. In 2010, Thieves in West Palm Beach, Florida, opened up a pump and stole 500 gallons. In 2012, a group in Florida used a device to bypass the counter. In 2018, a group of thieves in Detroit took 600 gallons by getting inside the pump and installing a hacking device. That's a little vague. Thursday morning, two men from Orlando were arrested for getting inside a pump and stealing from a station in the Tampa area. They evidently were able to change the price down to as low as a nickel or a penny a gallon. 
But this article is reporting that in High Point, it's more like they were changing channel on a television, holding up a remote device that could change the flow process on the machine. According to petroleum expert Trey Barker, in 2018, researchers at Kaspersky Lab found some gas pumps were vulnerable to takeover by hackers because there's an embedded controller in the gas pump. It's an embedded box running a Linux-based controller unit that was installed with a tiny HTTP server. According to its manufacturer, the controller software is a site automation device that is responsible for managing every component of the station, including dispensers, payment terminals, and more. The controller is at the heart of the station, and if an intruder finds a way to take over the box, the results could be catastrophic. Another worrying detail discovered later in the research was when the solution was installed, many instances were embedded in fueling systems over a decade ago and have been connected to the internet ever since. Research showed that with one internet search, someone could find more than 1,000 gas stations across the globe that use this same hardware. They also found that many of the systems had default credentials, which means they might have similar access codes unless an employee took the time to change them. They go on to say, what could an intruder do? According to the Kaspersky work, an intruder accessing a gas system could shut down all fueling, cause fuel leakage and risk of casualties, change price, circumvent payment to steal money, scrape vehicle license plates and driver identities, halt the station's operations and demand ransom in exchange, execute code on the controller unit, and move freely within the gas station network. And I know this is not... Neither one of these stories were actually lock-picking related, but the first one being about uh, alarm systems going down does seem physical security-wise, and a lot of these hacks on the gas pumps involve them actually getting into the gas pump and modifying something. Not the last one, but a few of them do. And to that, we go back to one layer of security is to use better locks than the cheap wafer locks that a lot of them use. And moving on to community news, the ballots have started going out for the Tool U.S. board elections. There are candidate vision statements, YouTube videos posted on the Tool website. And it's very clear. It says, please note that the order of the candidates is randomized as to not give favor to any candidate. I did test that. And if you refresh the page, it will shuffle the list. They also say that all candidates have their bios as a description on their videos. To read the bios, you have to click the link below the video on the web page. That will take you to watch it in YouTube where you can read the full description. Don't forget, there's also a Deviant's blog that I referred to last week where he has statements about each candidate on that blog post. So that's worth checking out as well. And don't forget, if you are current tool member to check your email box for your ballots and dcg 201 formerly known as defcon 201 they put out a post saying that they would be doing a reaction to the Lockie awards ceremony as i'm recording this it will be recorded this evening at 5 p.m so i'm recording this before i've actually seen the reaction i hope it goes okay and they're not too hard on me. I believe it will be up as a video on their YouTube channel. Most of their live streams do end up there, it looks like. So you should be able to go over. If you haven't seen it already live, you should be able to go over and check that out. I will have a link to their channel in the show notes. 
And if you like interesting destructive entry techniques, you can check out this video sent in by Mick777Oz. It's by How Ridiculous, entitled Can Our Giant Hammer Break Into This Bank Safe? And it's actually several safes they test. Most of them are the small sheet metal fire safe type, um, some deposit boxes that are made out of also similar thin metal. And the last one is a nice heavy duty deposit safe, it looks like. And the results are quite different. So, anyway, interesting. It is a loud group of people. Not my preferred type of video, but the subject matter is interesting. It's interesting to see how they're, uh, it's interesting to see how strong certain types of safes really are. Moving on to products, Southward sent out a notice saying their warded lock picks are back. They say, if you've been watching out for our WP10 warded lock pick set, we've just completed production, so they're now available to order. And I will have a link to that item in the show notes. If you've been waiting on a set of Southward warded pick sets, buy them before they're sold out again. And Peterson has announced that the Ghost set is back, and this time in red. And they say they have also added a limited edition set, which includes a diamond pick in red, of course. You can find them in the What's New tab of their website towards the bottom of the uh, What's New section. Moving on to meetups, OzSecCon put out a tweet saying that they had posted a brief update on future plans that can be read at their OzSecCon.com website. However, as I started, I had seen the page and forgot to grab it, and I was starting to prep for this video. The site was down. I checked again right before recording, and it's back up. Again, the internet is a little bit unstable lately. I'm going to read the the bulk of their statement here. They say, we've had a lot of people reach out to, and ask what's next. When will OzSecCon run again? What's the plan? Well, the short version is we're aiming for 2023 at this stage, around mid-year as usual. The long version is that we're pretty heavily affected by international happenings. A large portion of the fantastic speakers we get each year have to come from Europe, Asia, North America, and New Zealand. Flight prices have been more expensive than they used to be. Best guess seems to be around 20% more expensive. 2019 was the first time we didn't lose money running the conference. However, running the numbers, the increased cost of the flights will put us solidly back in the red. We have some options, increasing ticket prices, finding more amazing sponsors to help support us, and running more training to help offset the costs. If you're interested in arranging sponsorship or running training at the conference, please get in touch with us. There's also the ever-present fear of lockdowns and new variants of COVID-19 sneaking up on us and scuttling our plans, and plans need to be made that can minimize the risks of this causing major disruption. We have considered going digital and running the conference online, but the overwhelming preference is still to run an in-person conference as it is hard to do hands-on workshops on physical security topics and to interact with other delegates in a meaningful capacity via a virtual conference. So with all that said, we will see what 2022 brings us and how the world adapts. If everything calms down and the future is looking good, we will go full steam ahead to make the next OzSecCon the best one yet. 
We miss all of our international friends, and we can't wait to catch up in person again. We've been keeping an eye on the amazing new research and development in physical security and red team spaces. There's already a handful of talks lined up for when things get going again. You may have noticed that there have been some issues with our web hosting. The original site will be back online sooner or later with the original content restored as well. In the meantime, there's videos on YouTube and any updates and announcements will be posted on Twitter. That's all for now. Feel free to reach out if you have any questions. So I'll have a link to their website, of course, in the show notes as usual. And stay tuned for more updates, I guess. And if you happen to be in Europe, specifically Italy, in May, we have the ELF ERSI Convention 2022. They say we are proud to announce that the annual ERSI meeting will host in 2022 the ELF Convention, the most important security specialist event all over Europe. Every year, hundreds of locksmiths gather together to enrich their knowledge in the security industry. Two days of meetings, discussions, training, and information between experts and security professionals in a beautiful setting. The Congress Center and Auditorium will host the exhibition area with special sector for opening tools. Seminars and classes will be in the Congress Center meeting rooms. During the convention, there will be a lock opening contest for professionals, fans of locks, and all those who want to test themselves in a competition appreciated around the world. I have no idea how to pronounce this, but it says the venue is the Savoia Hotel Regency, a hotel inspired by the villas of the 18th century with Venetian floors, crystal chandeliers, wide spaces decorated stylishly with precious fabrics surrounded by lush greenery. And then they have a little section at the bottom where they say the participation at the convention will be allowed to all persons working in the security business manufacturers, distributors, locksmiths, government and bank security officers, access to the exhibition area, participation in the conference, seminars, and the opening competition are free of charge. They also say that the event is free, but you do have to register in advance. I'm not sure what it means by this section where it says the participation at the conference is allowed to all persons working in the security business, manufacturers, yada, yada, yada. But up here it says there will be a lock-picking contest for professionals, fans of locks, and all those who want to test themselves in a competition appreciated around the world. So where it says fans of locks, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be open to non-professionals or not. For Lockpickers United Belts this week, a big congratulations to John Locke, who made Brown. So congratulations. Way to go. Over at Speedlocks, it looks like Reinder set a record for the Optimus MMXII in 7 minutes, 20.2 seconds. Way to go. And I know that's a Roman numeral, and I could probably read it out as an actual number, but I don't want to take the time to think about that. And in a post by Pandafrog, he says, The third episode of the Speed Abus has started. Cranky Lockpicker has picked the Abus 6520 in 1.946 seconds. He could not deal any damage with that attack. A little later, Prince did a strong evil attack with a .666 and almost destroyed Gilligan's. Gilly could dodge the evil attack just in time. Still good competition going there, but uh, doesn't look like 
anybody has been dethroned from the top yet. All right, it's time to take a quick break. Say thank you to people that made this episode possible. With that, we'll start with the Patreon subscribers. We have Pandafrog, Michael Gilchrist, Starlock, Williams Brain, Dave to Beatty Seifert, Lebon's Locksport Journey, Pat from Uncensored Tactical, Three Raccoons in a Coat, Cherell, Dr. Hogmaster, Clayton Howard, aka Cool Tune, Mog, John Locke, Rat Yoke, Mr. Picker, Cranky Lock Picker, JHP Picking, Barebones Lock Picking. Chief content producer for this episode is Cherell. Other content producers are Albert LaBelle, Barebones Lock Picking, DCG201, HV Logic, iFisk, Jeff Moss, Joe Picks, Joshua Gonzalez, Mix 777Oz, Panafrog, Tony Varelli. Thank you all of you for your support. Very, very much appreciated. You really do save me a lot of work by sending in those news links and stories and helping cover the costs of hosting the podcast. So just remember that this show is only possible because of all that support. So if you value the podcast, please help support it by sending in your news, links, events, giveaway information, anything you have that's Locksport related that you think the community would enjoy knowing. Send it to podcast at thelocksportscast.com or any of the other contact methods listed in the show notes. You can share the podcast with your lockpicking friends, leave a review or a comment and a thumbs up on YouTube, subscribe to the podcast or YouTube or Odyssey channels. You can donate via PayPal or subscribe on Patreon if you want to. You can find all the different ways to support the show at thelocksportscast.com slash support. If you support the show with a donation or information that I use in the show, I will give you credit in the show and in the show notes. And it's really easy to get that credit. If you just tag me in something or put it to everyone on your Discord server that is a public Discord server, I will uh, give you the credit for getting that story into me. If you have an interesting story about your journey through Locksport or something that happened to you because of your involvement in Locksport, send it in and uh, I would love to get that on the show. If you have feedback for me, that can be confidential or I can share it on the show. If you want to share it on the show, just remember to keep it reasonable length, polite, work family safe, no politics, no drama. And that's at the locksportscast.com slash contact. Moving on to some criminal news. Looks like we had somebody prowling vehicles in Idaho, Moscow, Idaho. On Friday, March 4th at 2.54 p.m., caller saw two men trying to break into a vehicle using a lockpick on West A Street. That's according to their police log. And I believe this next story is out of Oklahoma. Man caught with drugs and lockpicking tools. On March 6th, Police officer Raquel Reed was on patrol near Wash Barn Car Wash when she noticed a vehicle parked with the driver's side door open. She then noticed the door to the maintenance room was open and she could see a man who knelt down when she got closer. The man used the car to cover himself and Reed could see that he was holding small objects in his hands. He walked around the corner before the officer could make contact with him. And Reed noticed the objects he was holding were in the water collection slot in the floor of the car wash bay. The suspect was detained and he tried to reach for something in his pocket before Reed handcuffed him. Reed said the man was after a lock picking tool he had in his pocket. He claimed he was picking up quarters and denied he had done anything wrong. Reed could see a sheet of aluminum foil with burn streaks on it inside the vehicle. The suspect told officers it was heroin on the aluminum foil. Officers could see a leather case on the front seat. There were multiple lockpicking tools inside and a lockbox on the passenger seat. Officers found a scale, unused baggies, a baggie that contained brown powder, a pair of tweezers, more small tools, 
and a metal tube that had glass pipe inside it. The suspect was arrested and booked on tribal charges of possession of burglary tools, possession of controlled and dangerous substance with the intent to distribute, and tempted burglary and possession of paraphernalia. So two separate criminals who both appear to be actively trying to pick walks. Moving on to sales. Looks like the Peterson's sale at thinkpeterson.com. The buy two, get one free sale is still going. So just click on the menu item on the side that says buy two, get one free to see all of the sale items. Barebones Lock Picking has the coupon code listen to the Lock Sportscast 2022. The coupon code is supposed to be for 15% off store wide on top of any other discounts or sale items. I haven't had an update from them that anything has changed yet, so hopefully that's all still the same. Over at lockpickmall.com, we have two coupon codes. One is for Albert LaBelle with the code Albert for 6% off, and the other Joe Picks with the code Joe Picks for 6% off as well. Looks like the sale is still going on custom lockpicks at mattslockpit.com. Over at 3dlocksport.com, you can save 10% with the code LSCAST10 on all of your favorite 3D printed locksport accessories. You can get 15% off at makolocks.com with the code BYMAKO and 10% off at uklockpickers.co.uk if you use the code GIFT. And in giveaways, HVLogic's 500 subscriber giveaway, the hashtag HVLogic500, is still running until March 26th. Part 2 of the Speed Abyss giveaway is running, so if you are involved in that, you have until the 31st of March to get your entries in. And the hashtag MiniPandaFrog2 giveaway is still running until MiniPandaFrog2 is born, which the current expected due date is the 8th of June. So you still have time to get in on that one. Links to all of the giveaways, of course, will be in the show notes if you are interested in checking those out. Also, there's always the hashtag LockBoss giveaway by CLK Supplies. They are a locksmith supplier. Lots of uh, interesting prizes to win on that one. Remember to send me any information you have that's LockSport related. Even if you don't think it's important, it could be the bit of information that I need to keep the show going. Every bit helps. I really appreciate all of the support that you've shown me, and I just hope that I can continue to deliver a good show for all of you. I am starting to train new employee at work, and hopefully I will be able to get onto a no- normal schedule or relatively normal schedule soon. So in the meantime, keep it legal. Legal. <laughs>